my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me the hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! If you've dreamed of becoming a professional wrestler, it's time to make that dream a reality. The Stride Pro Wrestling Training Academy is now enrolling new students. Classes meet on Tuesdays and Thursday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. for just $60 per month. Be sure to check out the Stride Pro Wrestling Facebook page at facebook.com slash stridepro-wrestling and get enrolled now. Hey friends, welcome to episode 371 of the My One Two Three Cents podcast, and this is traditionally, it is the last week of 2021. Traditionally speaking, and for many, many years, uh, the last episode, actually since this podcast started uh, back in 2014, uh, and even before that with the blog, um, this was always known as kind of the Cinti's, uh the Cinti Awards, the uh, my one two three cents award show, if you will, and and admittedly, um, that's I I am gonna do some talk some year in rap, but uh, you know, Chad, I normally reach out to and we do this, and I I've been uh, I can't really explain it. I've been kind of off and on about whether or not to even do an episode on a year in review because, admittedly. I don't watch wrestling. I don't consume wrestling like I have done in years past. In fact, I would say 2021 is probably the um, least consumable year of wrestling for me as a as a fan um, in the 36, 37, 38 years that I've been watching wrestling, um, which coincidentally today, if you're listening to the show on Monday, December 27th, it was Monday, December 27th, it wasn't a Monday, it was on December 27th, 1984, that I attended my very first WWE event, my very first wrestling event, of course, back then it was the WWF, it was a house show, it was two days after Christmas, uh, I was in the sixth grade, and I just remember that excitement, it was uh, at the arena, in St. Louis, which I don't think is even there anymore. Main evented by Hulk Hogan versus Brutus Beefcake. Of course, this was years before the barber gimmick. And I I miss that time period. And I miss, I, I don't know if it's because of the time period or if it was because I was kind of relatively, you know, eh, about two years into my fandom at that point. Uh, really about mm, probably just over a year into my like super fandom um, as, a, as a young wrestling fan. But there was so much less wrestling to consume. And I think that a lot of people, 
today, and, and, and I'm going to get more into this in just a few minutes. I, I feel like I should do some housekeeping first, but I'm, I'm going to, and maybe I'll save the housekeeping for the end of the show. Um, you know, I, I've been, people talk about how it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. You know, you've got AEW and you've got Impact Wrestling and of course, WWE, NXT, um, New Japan, uh, GCW, all these other companies and up until recently Ring of Honor. And, and, and there's so much to consume and so much to watch and this, that, and the other. And, and I think part of it is just getting older and, you know, having other, things to focus on, things to worry about, attention, things that need your attention. And, you know, sitting down and watching wrestling is not, uh, you know, a priority, or at least it's not for me anymore as a nearly 50-year-old wrestling fan. It's just not, uh, I don't want to say it's any less important to me, but it is definitely, you know, I have prioritized things. And, um, you know, on those nights where, you know, part of it too is I've cut cable, so I don't have access to watch Raw and SmackDown and Rampage and Dynamite. I do still follow the companies on social media. I follow them on YouTube. I will watch clips, um, but I don't sit. It's been a while since I've sat and actually consumed an entire show. Uh, you know, I may catch a SmackDown here or there, and I, you know, I mentioned SmackDown. SmackDown is is not cable, obviously. Um, but it is hard. Um, I, I do watch off of an antenna and some, some weeks, if the signal is clear, I, I can watch SmackDown and I'll watch it for a little bit. And, and some weeks I, I'm not able to, um, I think part of it too is I, you know, again, I don't know if this comes with age or if the product really has become stale and not just WWE, but I'm not, I, there, I don't know that there was one um, major company, you know, when I say major company, I'm talking about anybody on TV, basically. Uh, AEW, WWE, NXT, or even Impact Wrestling. I, I don't know that there was one moment in 2021, and I'm just kind of racking my brain, that made me think, like, this is must-see TV. I, I need to watch this live. I need to be a part of this. And I know that many will argue the whole CM Punk thing. You know, when, when Punk left and, and, and the whole, uh, circumstances behind his leaving and, and I, you know, to me, it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. I was a big CM Punk fan. I enjoyed the summer of Punk and the feud with John Cena and the things he was doing with Triple H and Vince McMahon, uh, 10 years ago. Then it, to me, he kind of, and this is, this may piss some folks off, but he kind of became whiny and, you know, almost that in that Bret Hart, and this may piss even more folks off in that Bret Hart vein of, you know, just complaining, I think sometimes to just complain. And, uh, you know, I do think that CM Punk has brought some eyes, but I don't know that his arrival in AEW was the earth-shaking, groundbreaking, um, game-changing event that many predicted and and, uh, thought that it was going to be. Ratings are still relatively stagnant as far as there's not been a whole lot of growth. We haven't really seen, um, and I'm not really going to throw Rampage into this because it is on Friday nights and it's a whole different 
uh, dynamic. But, you know, on, on Wednesday nights, we haven't seen that many episodes of Dynamite where they broke that million threshold, that million viewer threshold. And again, this isn't a knock on Tony Khan or or CM Punk or anyone involved with AEW. There is a lot of talent on that roster that I am a big fan of. Um, I think wrestling in general right now is kind of in a state where there's so much of it that I don't know that people want to consume it. And I maybe I'm wrong. And if I am wrong, certainly please weigh in and let me know and, and tell me you know, what's going on in the world of wrestling and, and why, because, you know, I, I do listen to the Eric Bischoff podcast, 83 weeks, and he has always kind of preached that when he took over and when things were, you know, when they were going to compete head to head with Nitro. Um, and that's the other thing, you know, I, I think the AEW fans, the super fans, the ones that hate WWE, like I consider myself a wrestling fan and I will watch both products and I will comment on both products, good and bad. And I think though that there's a a population of AEW fans that think that, that, you know, they'll compare a rating from Wednesday night to what Raw got on Monday night. And you, you can't do that. It's not head to head competition. It's not true competition. At this point, and I don't know that it ever will be, and I don't know if we'll. I, you know, I I hope I you know I I do think that the the competition that we do see kind of going on has helped to elevate or or make WWE a little more aware. I don't know that they are worried about AEW per se, um, but there's a lot of talent out there and a lot of good talent from WWE, and I don't begrudge. AEW for signing WWE superstars because where else are these guys going to go and, and these women going to go to kind of be in that spotlight still and to, and to maintain that level of, of notoriety or that level of, of being known and quite honestly being paid. So I think it's great that there is another company out there that is on primetime that is on cable and that is willing to pay its performers. But, you know, I think since the pandemic started almost now two years ago, it has taken the wind out of the sails of, of my fandom. Um, you know, that whole COVID era of wrestling where there were no crowds or there were, you know, just the superstars in the audiences, it, it, it took a lot out of, I think, the enjoyment level, for me at least, for me as a fan. Um, I, you know, I did watch over the summer uh, when Chad was in town. We watched the AEW pay-per-view, and again, everything kind of blends together, and I, I apologize. I think it was all in. It was the one that happened, um, I believe it was in August, you know, uh, WrestleMania over two nights. I know they're doing it again in 2022. As much as I don't like the idea of WrestleMania being seven or eight hours, but on the other hand, I don't know that I like it being two nights either because as a fan, I don't know. I just committing to both Saturday and Sunday night and sitting down and watching and, and, you know, and I did, you know, I, I missed night one of WrestleMania this year because I was out of town for the weekend. And so when I got back into town, I did watch 
most of, I think I watched it all of, of night one, but then I did watch night two live, but it's just, it's hard to keep up with everything. And I know that I'm not probably the target audience. I'm not the demo that they're going after at age 48 and three quarters. So I get it. I I completely understand it. Um, All that being said, though, and I know that this first 11 minutes or 12 minutes of the podcast have have been, you know, maybe perceived as being negative, and I'm really not trying to be. Um, But I, I do feel like as a wrestling fan, I'm kind of in a funk as far as WWE, AEW, Impact Wrestling, uh, there, again, have been some exciting moments and and some things that have happened that have really um, sparked some interest, but nothing, again, that was earth-shattering or groundbreaking. And I think part of it, too, is, you know, the internet. The internet ruins, I I don't want to say ruins, but the internet exposes a lot that we don't necessarily need to be exposed to. I don't want to see spoilers. I don't want to know who was seen at the airport, or who was backstage, or this, that, and the other. And you have all these quote-unquote, and I'm using air quotes, uh, wrestling journalists who feel like they have to break this news and let us know that, you know, Daniel Bryan was at the airport in Jacksonville. And so, okay, presumably then he's going to be out and, and debuting with AEW. You know, I I miss the days where we were legitimately surprised and... um. I, I wish there were more of those moments, and I think, again, the internet has kind of taken part of that away, and on the other hand, though, the internet, obviously a great outlet where fans can speak their mind, and as long as they're not being, you know, douchebags about it, I have no problem with fans voicing their opinions. I'm doing the same exact thing right now, and some of you may be, like, turning off your device and, and giving up and not listening, and I, and I get that, and I respect that, but... Um, you know, I think AEW, I'll start with them. You know, I was talking about Eric Bischoff and his podcast earlier and and how he competed in those early days with Nitro and doing things that were different than what the WWF was doing at the time. Um, you know, the introduction of luchadors and, uh, kind of the, the timing and the formatting of the shows and stuff. And again, I don't watch enough AEW to make that judgment call. I don't feel like at this point, especially with all of the former WWE talents on the AEW roster, I don't know that AEW does enough to differentiate itself from what WWE does. Um, They do do some things right. I, I have enjoyed the rise, the development of Hangman Adam Page and of MJF. I think that they are two stars on the AEW roster that even though I know they have experience in other companies, I feel like they're kind of those homegrown talents. And, and, you know, I think it was a big gamble, not a big gamble, but it was, it was definitely something outside the box that I didn't necessarily think was going to happen as soon as it did. Why putting the world championship on hangman adam page because if you look at their previous three champions chris jericho of course his pedigree john moxley we all know what he has done and 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 you know what a great talent he has been for the wwe and then of course as part of uh aew and then kenny omega who has that world uh, experience and i know that page has been around hangman Page has been around for a bit, 
Uh, but I don't feel like he was as noted and as maybe, you know, respected as the three previous champions. And I think that, um, you know, that big match a couple weeks ago with Daniel Bryan, even though it was a 60-minute time limit draw, and I feel like AEW is kind of going to that well and, and maybe one too many times. But they're they're laying out a story, I think. And I think Daniel Bryan, you know, showing that Hangman Adam Page could hang with a talent like Daniel Bryan, I would have rather, I think, seen Page win the match. But I think that giving you know him that opportunity to shine for 60 minutes against the best in the world or arguably one of the best in the world, Daniel Bryan is still on my list of, of favorites um, in, in 2021. So uh, I would have obviously rather seen him stay with WWE, but I think that he is going to, or has already shown us that, you know, outside of that those WWE limitations, and I know WWE puts those limitations on their talent, AEW has more free reign, I feel like there's a happy median somewhere uh, between the two companies that would, would allow talents to showcase and shine and flourish, but also kind of keep a little bit of a, uh, a leash, if you will. And I know that's probably not the right terminology, but I don't think that you just go with no supervision, but I also don't think you have to script every single moment and every single, you know, there's not WWE. I think right now, the biggest thing it is lacking is that organic feel. There's not that, um, those authentic moments, you know, Austin 316, um, degeneration X, you know, the development of that and going into the WCW side of things, you know, the NWO and, you know, there's just, I feel like there's those moments are gone the spontaneity, if you will. Um, and you know, AEW has done an okay job of capturing some of those things, but again, it feels like every time a WWE talent leaves, Tony Khan is tweeting about a a big surprise coming or a big announcement coming. And, and that kind of takes away because on one hand, yeah, maybe you want to promote this. So you get those eyeballs on the TV, but I don't know. I, I I guess it's a double-edged sword. And this is where a, a co-host, and again, this is on me, uh, to bounce things off of would have probably worked and in, in, in been good. But again, Daniel Bryan, MJF, Hangman Page, I, all three talents I, I enjoy uh, on AEW. And, you know, there's kind of been a uh, some reports, and I don't know how true they are, that WWE is interested in MJF when his contract is up in two years. I don't know that MJF would leave. Uh, I think if the the price was right, he would. But I think that WWE really needs to figure out a way. Um, and again, I think WWE has, has, has turned more into, obviously, that entertainment side of things over the wrestling. And I, and I get that. And I appreciate that and respect that. And, and you know, it is what it is. Um, so I think MJF's a smart guy. And I think that he'll do whatever is best for him. Um, I know that, uh, you know, Kevin Owens, for example, his contract just came up with WWE. He has resigned and is going to stick around. There was a lot of speculation that he was going to go to AEW. And I think that as Mark Madden has said on the, on the Woo Nation Uncensored podcast with Ric Flair, that there's 15 pounds of sugar they're trying to put into a 10 pound sack 
with AEW. And I don't know if the answer is adding more TV time for the company. You know, it's just, I I feel like there's so much out there right now, again, to consume and it's, it it becomes difficult. Um, On the WWE side of things, you know, I'm not a huge Roman Reigns fan, but I love the story that they're telling with him and the bloodline and Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar now being back in the mix. And I know that, uh, you know, Heyman and, 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 and Roman aren't together anymore. And I thought that that was a good duo. Uh, I'll be curious to see again, where the story takes us and, and not judge it too harshly. I'm a big Matt Riddle fan. I love what they're doing with him and Randy Orton as a team and as a unit. I'm disappointed that they have split uh, AJ Styles and uh, almost up. We'll wait and see kind of where that leads. I know that they're set to wrestle or scheduled to wrestle on Raw this week. So we'll kind of see where that goes. Bobby Lashley and the Hurt Business. I thought the Hurt Business split way too soon. Um, There was a lot of meat on the bone for that faction. MVP as a manager. I dig it. Um, I like Bobby Lashley a lot as, you know, as a bad guy, uh, the day one pay-per-view or day one event that's coming up on January 1st. Uh, I am looking forward to that and seeing kind of what happens with, with the talents involved. And, and, you know, I do feel like they've with Big E as the WWE champion and Roman Reigns as the universal champion. I do feel like WWE has done a good job in making viable contenders for those championships and making those championships feel like they have value. Um, and AEW has done the same thing. I, I feel like I still think that WWE, unless they're going to truly treat these, and I've been saying this since the brand split idea started probably what, almost 20 years ago for it to truly work they need to operate as two separate entities, as two separate shows, not having the crossover, not having, you know, the New Day show up on Raw or on SmackDown and, you know, or a talent that is is, is a Raw talent show up on SmackDown and vice versa. Um, and I feel like that still happens way too much. So, you know, I either make it to where it is truly two separate shows. We don't have the crossover voiceovers. We don't see packages for SmackDown. We don't on Raw and and vice versa. I get that it's all under the WWE umbrella, but there has to be a different way of doing it. Or give me one true champion who defends on both shows and not on those shows per se, week in and week out, but you know, on the SmackDown pay-per-views or on the Raw. And, and, and that's the other thing is all the pay-per-views are, are multi, you know, are, are both shows. And I know, you know, in this COVID era, and I know that WWE this weekend and, and probably into the week are, are going to be running talents uh, on the shows because uh, there's been a bit of a, a COVID, I, I don't know if outbreak is the right word or not, but uh, there have been some concerns, and I think that some NXT talent is actually going to be performing uh, at Madison Square Garden, for example, and, and getting involved. So, uh, you know, as far as picking, you know, Cinti Award winners or whatnot, um, I don't really have awards per se, but I will say that I do think 
that I mentioned Randy Orton and, and Matt Riddle earlier. I think this is going to lead to the eventual breakup of this team, obviously. And it's going to be a vehicle to put, to catapult Matt Riddle into or onto the next level. And I do think uh, Matt Riddle will become a contender for either the WWE or the Universal Championship sometime in 2022. I don't know that he'll necessarily win it, but I think that he is going to be climbing the food chain, so to speak, and, and maybe becoming one of the more uh, successful stories to, to come out of NXT. Because we've seen a lot of that NXT talent kind of go by the wayside once they get called up to the main roster. Um, I think that Braun Breaker... Uh, is going to be a, a breakout star, continue to be a breakout star with NXT. Um, and I think that by this time next year, at the end of 2022, we will see him also uh, on the WWE roster, Raw or SmackDown. And, and I would almost wonder if he loses the Braun Breaker name and adopts or... or somehow becomes a Steiner of some kind. Um, I have read that that it was his idea to have the different name, and Chad and I kind of talked all about that on a previous episode, so check that out in the archives if you are so inclined to do so. But, um, you know, as, as far as promotion of the year or wrestler of the year, match of the year, I didn't watch enough to, to make those determinations. Um, you know, I, I, I enjoyed WrestleMania. I enjoyed the Royal Rumble. Um, you know, even though it was a much different circumstance, the 2022 Royal Rumble is in St. Louis. It was 10 years ago that I went with my son and and my buddy Weston and, you know, 2022, I'd like to go, but I, uh, part of me, I, I have not made the jump to buy tickets and I know that there are still tickets available and I, before it's all said and done, I may end up going. I don't know. I've got a lot going on in January, um, that, uh, you know, I, I don't know that I want to uh, make that commitment to do the two-hour drive to St. Louis and then sit through the show and then the two-hour drive back. Um, but we'll wait and see. I, you know, I can't with certainty say that uh, it's off the page for me, but I, I at this time I would say there's an 85% chance that I will not be going to the Royal Rumble. Um, and, you know, just a few years ago, I would have had a totally different outlook. I would have, I would have gotten tickets as soon as I could have, um, but I just have not been as excited about it as as I have in years past. So, again, I think that's part of the maturation of an old guy uh, who is a wrestling fan. But uh, you know, like I said, I enjoyed WrestleMania. I enjoyed the Royal Rumble. I really. Uh, thought that AEW had some solid performances. And again, I, I'm not making light of or making fun of AEW. I legitimately, I don't have the list in front of me, but the pay-per-view that happened over the summer, um, you know, that Chad and I watched here, um, I thought was enjoyable. I thought it was a, it was a good event. And I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of talent and a lot of potential there. And, and I think that, uh, they need to just continue, not necessarily continue what they're doing, because I think sometimes AEW tries too hard and acknowledges WWE way too often. I think that they need to just operate 
as their own identity and, and get their own identity going. Uh, because with all the WWE talent they have, or former WWE talent they have, and then the constant talk of WWE, I think hurts them more than it helps. And it, it hurts them more than it hurts WWE, I'll say that. Um, and that's just my opinion as a, as a fan. But again, uh, Hangman Page, Daniel Bryan, MJF, Darby Allen, I, you know, he's got a lot of potential. Orange Cassidy, I like him. Uh, Sting's doing some amazing things for a man who has uh, come back from retirement uh, after uh, a, a big injury in his life. So uh, I, I wish them all the best and, and I wish them all well. Um, also, obviously, Stride Pro Wrestling is where my heart and my passion is right now. Um, you know, 2021 was a good year. It was a rough year. It was a challenging year. The beginning was was very challenging with COVID and, and you know, having shows kind of restricted or having the big fundraiser shows canceled because we weren't able to get into the schools to, to do the shows that, that really, you know, it hurt our ability to, um, raise that money for churches or schools or, you know, whomever the, the group was that was buying a show. I'm also sad that, uh, you know, we did our show out at Rent One Park in Marion, over the summer, it was a, it was a fun time. You know, I got back into the ring for the first time in, in almost two years and, uh, rent one park though has been sold and it's, it's the miners have left and there's not going to be baseball, uh, at the, at the ballpark anymore. And so that was always a fun event and a fun time. And I'm sad that that is, is kind of off the table, at least for now. And we'll wait and see what the new owners plan to do. Um, I know they'll have some youth sports events going on out there. I don't know if wrestling will be on their minds and on their agenda, but I certainly hope so, and, and we'll get in there and, and have a good time. Stride does return on January 8th with New Year's Knockout. And uh, three big title ma- or three big matches, grudge matches, uh, have been signed based off of what happened at uh, Hostel Holiday in December. And uh, Heath Hatton is going after Riser for the Stride Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. There is a chain match between Savion Ayers, who is the No Limits Champion, and the challenger Axe Allwart. And then, of course, uh, Roger Mathis defends the Legacy title against Shane Rich, who is the former Legacy Champion. We'll also be announcing the new general manager that night. Uh, again, tickets uh, or, or seating is limited because of the space availability in Carterville. So be sure to reach out to the Stride Facebook page if you're so inclined, if you're interested in that. Um, it is strideprowrestling.com. We'll take you there or just find us on social media. And I want to kind of wrap up, uh, you know, several years ago, back, actually it was 2016, um, I had talked about doing the All Out of Bubblegum Award in honor of Rowdy Roddy Piper because I felt like at the time, WWE had kind of immortalized Dusty Rhodes and the Ultimate Warrior with the Warrior Award. And, um, you know, there were there were some other, you know, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And Rowdy, Rowdy Piper was such a big part of my fandom as a kid. Um, you know, whether I hated him when he was feuding with Hulk Hogan or when he turned good and was feuding with Adrian Adonis, um, you know, the many times that he came back and, and, uh, you know, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for Piper and, 
I wanted to do something and I know, you know, this podcast and, and the blog are not juggernauts in the world by any means, but I wanted to do something to keep Piper's memory alive. And so, uh, you know, this all out of bubblegum award kind of became a thing that we would add on to the centies each year. And I always picked someone, um, you know, from within stride, usually someone that I know personally that is, is doing something to have an impact on, on indie wrestling or on the fans and, and, and whatnot. And of course the line comes from the popular movie that Piper was in. They live where he says, um, I've come here to kick ass and chew bubble gum and I'm all out of bubble gum. So in, in light of all that and, and that long explanation, uh, I, I was going through and I was trying to remember the previous winners of this award. And I say winner of award, it's, it's acknowledgement here on the podcast. Of course, Tyler Heath Hatton was the first year in 2016 for the work that he did with Stride and, and getting it up and on the ground and, and running. Uh, Jerry Travelstead was in 2017. Uh, Red Daniels or Dan Turnquist was in 2018. And Sam Hunter, Sam Hamblin, uh, the former general manager of Stride Pro Wrestling was in 2019. 2020, I went back and listened. I don't know that we did the All Out of Bubblegum Award. And if I did, I it has slipped me. So I do want to this year acknowledge and, 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 you know, obviously stride has, has provided many uh, men and women opportunities here in Southern Illinois to pursue their dreams in wrestling. But, um, someone that I want to acknowledge this year, who is a part of stride, who has really kind of stepped up because as Tyler has said on previous shows, you know, this year with his, schooling and work life and coaching and family you know he's been extremely busy and and he has scaled back he is back now with stride and doing more but you know there was a big chunk of 2021 where he kind of stepped back a bit and wasn't as active as he had been in the past and he relied on a lot of other folks to kind of step up and help out and one person and and I and I I always feel like you know I'm picking favorites and and whatnot and I, and I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings with this but this year I'm I'm going to uh, honor Roger Mathis with the All Out of Bubblegum Award. I think that Roger has stepped up uh, backstage. Um, he's helped you know and everybody has 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 stepped up and and again I feel awkward kind of pinning it onto one person but I just feel like. Roger um, has really kind of done a great job, and not that anyone else hasn't, but uh, he's someone that is is consistent, and he's there, and he's he wants what is best for Stride. Um, and I know there was a show uh, over the summer where it was pouring down rain, and you know he was a, he helped get everybody kind of organized and in, in line for that. Um, and he has just, to me at least, from what I've seen from him in 2021 and the talks that we've had, uh, he's just really, you know, been there and been helpful and um, is someone I think that a lot of the younger talent can look up to and learn from. And I think that there's a lot of talent in that locker room now that are teaching lessons and that are, are able to help these young men and women grow and develop as well. But for me this year, Roger is that guy 
who uh, has done it, and uh, I appreciate what he has done and how he has helped Stride, and, and I look forward, you know, he's been successful in the Stride ring. I know that he has been uh, working also with OVW, so I, I continue to wish him the best of luck and success with everything that he does, and uh, again, appreciate and value him as a talent and as someone who will continue to, I think, helpful be helpful and nurture those who are uh, wanting to learn this crazy business. All that being said, I realize I have rambled on for much longer than I intended, and I, I apologize for this being a one-man band this week. Again, I've not, you know, with it being the week of Christmas and running around and getting stuff done with work and getting shopping done and then spending time with family and friends, it's been kind of crazy. And so, um, you know, I always say hopefully we'll be back on track, but honestly, I don't know that being on track is ever a, a real thing. So we'll have to just kind of play it by ear and wait and see. But again, from the bottom of my heart, I thank everyone. If you stayed through this whole episode, thank you so much. Um, you know, we're seven years and running with the podcast, 11 plus years with the My One Two Three Cents brand. And I, I can't be more grateful to you for being supportive and being a part of that, whether this is the first podcast you've listened to, or if this is episode 371 that you've listened to, um, I am eternally, eternally grateful for it. So thank you all so very much. Have a great 2022. I hope your Christmas was amazing and the holiday season has been a blessed one for you. We will talk again next year. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com.